Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. 1 John 1, chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Thank God for the reading of the word. Now, PD. Father God, we come before you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I connect my tongue to my spirit and I speak as your mouthpiece. Thank you, Father. I yield my tongue as a vessel of honor and a vessel of righteousness. My tongue, my mouth serve righteousness. And I thank you. I speak forth the word of faith, the word of truth, and the word of life. I thank you that my words, they're seasoned with grace. They're clothed with grace. They're baptized with grace. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. And I thank you, Father, that you give me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary. I thank you that this word will cut away doubt and go into the hearts and the minds of your people, undoing that which was done in sin and revising, revitalizing the love that was placed in their hearts when they were born again. I thank you that my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. So write, Holy Spirit. I can do nothing without you. For Jesus, you boldly declares that I I cannot produce anything if I'm not connected to the vine. And so I yield myself to the vine and the husbandry, who is the Father. So purge so that you can bring forth fruit and that the fruit will remain into eternity. That this fruit from today's message will echo in eternity. Holy Spirit, help me to produce work. Help me to produce works that will endure the fire of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And we dethrone doubt and unbelief. And we, we, we honor the word of God and we honor the movings of the spirit and we do not take it for granted. I pray that the holy fear of God will hit us like never before. May fear and trembling, may we approach your throne and, and, and your word, and may we not take Sunday's gatherings 
as, as, as a thing to just do to pass as a pastime. But Father, may we feel the weight of, of what you've called us to. Lord Jesus, God the Father raised you from the dead and you was raised on a Sunday morning. And, and this is why we gather on Sundays. And for even as John, the revelator, says that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I thank you that today is your day. And Father, I thank you that this is a sample of what is to come in the next dispensation. And Father, I thank you that the enemy is defeated. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Ghost that dwells on the inside of us. He gives me boldness. And I, and I, and I ask him, who is the greatest teacher, to teach through my lips of clay, think through my mind, and I claim the mind of Christ for the service and all that you would do. And it's in your name we pray, in, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and let's worship. Father, we worship you. We minister to you. We thank you. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I take his and that we worship you. Now, arthritis, who's, who's struggling with arthritis? Arthritis specifically in your hand, per se. If you're dealing with arthritis, I want you to wave at me. Let me see, let me see your hand if, you, if you're dealing with arthritis. In the name of Jesus, I curse arthritis now in Jesus' name. And I command arthritis to go from the people's God's body in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Migraine headaches. Who deals with migraine headaches? I want you to wave at me. And I want you to put your hand. Go ahead, Ashley. Lay your hands on your, feet, on your friend, your poor friend, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we curse migraines right now in Jesus' name, and we command these migraines to go from Stacy right now in Jesus' name. We curse them at the roots in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, give Stacy wisdom of what to do in the natural, and Lord, we attack it with our faith and command these migraines to go in Jesus' name and command it never to return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word of knowledge. And Lord, we honor that, the gifts of the Spirit. And we welcome that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is strange. I'm hearing this, this word, um, a lying tongue. And, and it's kind of hard to kind of, you know, hey, you know, that's me. But if you have problems and there's no judgment. There, this is a no judgment zone if you judge yourself. Um, if you have a problem of lying, and, and lying can, can take different factors, such as um, lying, there, there's deception. And if, if you would be bold enough to, pray, to lift up your hands and you say, that, that, um, Pastor Dwayne, that's me. I have a, I, 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 sometimes I yield myself to a lying tongue. Or you may say that you... Tell people what you think they want to hear. Um, and that, that's also lying. And if that's you, God has set you free and there's no judgment. So if that's you, raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your people of boldness. And, I, and Father, I thank you for delivering them from a lying tongue. And they send them out that they may the spirit of truth be upon their tongue, Father. And, and may they help, can't help themselves but tell the truth, Father. I thank you for those who are bold enough to raise their hands to say, that's me. And I thank you for that, that act of repentance 
will open them up for the, the wisdom of God and, the, and, and, the, and just really a place to receive from God. I thank you that now their tongue will be a tongue of, 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 of one that is yielded to the spirit. And I thank you that their tongue is a tongue of righteousness. I thank you that their tongue speaks life. And I thank you that the things that they declare now will come to pass in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it and give your name glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're gonna talk about today living in love, living in love. Did you read that first jump just out of the blue or was it assigned to you? Oh, okay, I, I, I had no clue of that. First John chapter four, let's go. First John chapter four, living in love. We, we're gonna talk about living in love. This is probably one of the greatest messages that you can hear I know people want to hear about prosperity today, and I love to hear about prosperity, some healing for your body, some wisdom for your parenting skills, some wisdom concerning your marriage, wisdom concerning your singleness, how to turn your work into worship. We want to do all those things, but love is the highest form of worship. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, sometimes people say, hallelujah is the highest praise, but love is the highest form of praise and worship. To love is to be, to, to worship God in the highest. And love is a great mystery as we think about love. Everyone wants to be loved, right? I don't know about you, but I love to be loved. <laughs> I love to be, say that, I love to be loved. Um, I haven't met a single person who didn't want love. Um, there was an old song by a young lady what, what's love got to do with it, right? <laughs> um, everything. <laughs> Everything, and I, and I actually woke up um, praying for her today. Um, she's closer to death, um, like we all are, and, and we need to pray even for celebrities that they'll come to, to know Jesus. i never forget this. My dad, one time we were having Bible study, family worship, and he was like, you know, let's pray for Richard Pryor. And he, he started praying for Richard Pryor, for Richard Pryor to be born again. I mean, no, don't think that God's love cannot reach a celebrity. They're just people and souls that are hurting too, and they need Jesus. Amen. Um, Pastor Kenneth sends his love. Amen. Amen. Once you have the Lord, you have love. Amen. So you don't need to pray that God gives you love. You have love if you're born again. There's an old song by Keith Green called, You Put This Love in My Heart. When we got born again, God placed his love in our hearts. One of the indications that we're born again is the love of God, the fruit of love. And I want to submit to you today, I know people talk about the nine fruits of the Spirit, but that's error. There's no nine fruits of the Spirit. Galatians is very clear that it's singular, and the Greek is the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to submit to you that the only fruit of the Spirit is love, and everything else it's the offspring of that love. There are many different aspects of love. You have the love between a man and a woman. You have a love between a parent and a child. You have God's love. You have friendship love. C.S. Lewis described four loves, affection, friendship, sexual love, and agape, unconditional love. If you ask anyone uh, what is love, you have different definitions, right? They'll say love is a feeling. I just, I just love you because I have feelings. <laughs> feelings. Uh, no, it's not enough. 
Love, um, people, you know, they'll, love is an attraction, undeniable attraction. You know, just because you're attracted to something doesn't mean that it's love. I'm attracted to books. So that doesn't mean that I really love books. I really do, but not on the same level as God's love. <laughs> that was a whack illustration. Um, <laughs> and then um, l- love is, is a decision. Love is a decision. Love is God. Um, well, we know the scripture says God is love. And then God's, God defines love for us in his word. He tells us what love is. So the world has one view of love, but God's love is it's not a natural love. It's, it's not an ordinary love. It, it just won't, like, the ordinary love just won't do. Amen? I'm talking about a love that is beyond this world, a love that reaches the heart and the souls of men, a love that came from heaven. I heard Angel today, Minister Angel, singing the song that you came from heaven, you know, all the way from heaven, that, that, a display of love. I, I, I'm, I'm missing that song. What's the name of the song? You came from heaven. You came to heaven, from heaven to earth to show, what's the name of the song? <laughs> Lord, I lift your name on high. And what, what love, oh, what love this is. Um, God's love is unlike anything else. Sometimes we want to feel God's love, and there's times that we can sense his love, but I, I want to get away from feeling God's love into something greater. If you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm going to read it out of the classic um, Amplified, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Living in love, living in love. Lady Courtney sends her love. Um, Destin is actually at home sick, really, really sick. And, and so y'all be, y'all, are y'all praying for us? <laughs> uh, keep us in prayer. And, um, and so we, we believe in God. We're doing things that we've never done before. We, we, we're making progress. We're going into God. I'm, I'm finding myself coming to church almost every day praying. And, and, and we're, we're really positioning ourselves to Get everything that God has for us, amen, and for KLM. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I said 11, but it's really 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And out of the Amplified, it's this great um, unpacking of love, what love is. Let's take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and let's start with verse 4. This is Amplified, classic. Love endures long. I mean, no, that, that's pretty... That, I mean, real love, it endures a long time and is patient. Man, that's, that, that'll preach. Love is patient. To be patient, I mean, you know, how many know you have, those who have kids, you know how impatient you can become. <laughs> be like, oh, Jesus. Uh, you know, oh, what about this? Like, Jesus. And your patience, right? But let patience have a perfect work in you. Love is patient and love is kind. How many unkind Christians you know? They're just not kind at all. How I many know we need to display kindness everywhere we go? Even if a person has got, you know, one of the things that gets on my nerves is when people have attitudes at restaurants. You know, you go to a restaurant, whether it's a drive-thru, and they just have an attitude. I'm like, just quit the job and go somewhere else. Like, I'm here to eat. Like, you, you're really making this experience really horrible for me. But, but we should be kind. Love is kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. Is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. 
So if a person is full of pride, they're not walking in love. They're not living in love. So wherever you, whenever, wherever you find pride, you don't find God's love. It's not rude or unmannerly. You know, some people are, are rude. They're rude to their spouses. They're rude to their animals. They're rude to their um, uh, neighbor. They're rude to their employees, employers. They're rude to everyone around them, rude. Love is not, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking. Love is not self-seeking. That, that'll preach, right? It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It is not saying that it's not affectionate. It says not touchy. In other words, it's not so too sensitive that, that, that it's quick to uh, be resentful. It, is, it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. <laughs> it does not rejoice in, at injustice or unrighteousness, but rejoices when truth or right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe what? The best of every person. That'll preach. When people do you wrong, do you believe the best of them? We got to believe the best of our spouses, the best of our children, the best of our landlords, you know, mortgage company. We got to believe the best. It hopes, love, it hopes are, are, are faithless under all circumstances, endures everything without weakening. Love endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes becomes obsolete or becomes to an end, and it goes on. Love never fails. Amen? I've never seen the love of God at, at the courtroom, divorce courtroom. The love of God will stop and says, you know what? No, no. Love endures all. Love. And, and, and that's not to, if you've been divorced, that's not to bring condemnation on you. But the love of God, somebody didn't believe God in that relationship. Love endures long and is patient. So this, this is a wonderful portrayal of what love is and what it does and what it does not do. This is love. People often are look, they're looking for love and they're looking for love based on their perspective or their, their truth. We, we don't believe, as Christians, we don't believe in our truths. We believe in the truth. Amen? As a Christian, the word of God is the truth. It's not our truths, right? Your truth, my truth, own your truth. That, that's worldly. This is God's love. God's love is on a higher level than human love. God's love is the kind of love that cannot be compared to human love. It's more than a feeling. Not normal, um, ordinary love will just only, it'll only go so far. Because after a while, that ordinary love will get tired. <laughs> but God's love is undeniable and unstoppable. It's the type of love that will not go away, even if you choose to reject it. Regardless of what you do and what you say, his love remains the same. He, it, he, his love is one of the only constant thing in this world. You can expect mercies every day. You can expect, you know, that he's going to be there. He's, he's in your past, present, and in your future. God loves create, his creation. 
but he loves his people too. His love for his people is different than his, his general love for his creation. His love is unlike anything that you will ever experience. God's love is unstoppable. You can't stop that love. You cannot, whatever you do or say cannot stop him from loving you. He's not going away. You know, he, he's, he's, the, he's the founder keeper. He, it's not going away. He's going to always be there. He's, if you decide to, to walk away from him, he'll still be there. If you decide to make your bed in hell, he'll still be there. Amen? His love, even when he brings judgment on you, his love is a result of his love, his holy love. You cannot truly know love on this level unless you know God. You cannot grow in the love of God without a constant fellowship with God. The more you know God, the more you love people. Let me say it again. The more you know God, the more you love people. You cannot tell me you know God and you don't love people. It is the test of Christianity. Oh, I'm saved. I really love Jesus. And you don't love people, you're not saved. I will say that you're not saved, biblically speaking. Uh, I, I believe that, I don't believe that there is any hatred in, as, as far as people is concerned with, with um, um, if, you're, if you're born again. You don't have a hatred for people. You can say, I hate you, but on the inside of you, you know that that's not true. I, I can probably count on how many, um, one hand how many times I've told people how much I hated them. And, 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 I, and I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about my aunt who just passed, who was my auntie mommy. One time she was um, doing my hair, and um, at one point I had a big afro. And by the way, when I go to heaven, I'm going to have a big afro. And, and so, so she was doing my hair, and she was doing something, and it was hurting. And uh, what I did is... Um, She's like, boy, you better be still. And, and back in the day, she hit me, you know, and I, and I just, I hate you. <laughs> and, and she said, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but, but I, that was one of the few times that I said that I, I hated somebody. And when I said it, I knew that that was wrong on the inside of you. If you say that towards somebody on the inside of you, if you're born again, you have the witness of the spirit to telling you, no, nah, nah, that's not true. That's error. Amen. First uh, John chapter four. Let's go there. First John chapter four, verse one. Living in love. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. How many know that that's true now? That, that there's a lot of false prophets. And I'm not just talking about people prophet lying, but just people standing in the place of God, lying on God. Um, Apostle John is instructing us not to believe every spirit. It will be wise of you to not believe everything that you hear, even from the pulpit or in a Christian book, um, even on YouTube. There are many spirits in the world and we're not to go with the flow because they tag Christian on it or God on their teachings. We're to test the spirits to see whether they're from God or not. There's some false teachings. Um, people f- preaching falseness. Don't be led by prophecies. It got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Don't be led by dreams. Don't be led by your feelings. Don't be led by your, your discernment. There, there's no such thing as the gift of, of discernment. In the Bible, the Bible never mentions the gift of discernment. The Bible mentions the discerning of spirits, not the gift of discernment. Like we own something. Oh, I have discernment. 
Well, if you're a Christian, every Christian should have discernment. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. If you get with God and you're in your word, you'll have discernment. <laughs> uh, uh, but the discerning of spirits is part of the nine gifts. The spirit of God will always lead you in line with scriptures. If it doesn't line up with these 66 books, throw it away. I don't care who comes here and they preaches or prophesy, prophesy, or tell you about a dream, or you have a dream, or you saw your dead aunt or uncle, don't believe it. Throw it away. That's a familiar spirit. Amen? Uh, if somebody dies, they're not going to come to you and talk to you a little bit. That, that's familiar spirit. That's a spirit that's familiar with that person. They have the same mannerisms. They have look like them and talk like them, sound like them. They're spirits that will imitate people. And when they die, they come and visit people. And people are like, oh, my aunt came and visited me in my dream. No, baby, that was a devil. You will be deceived if you are led by anything other than the spirit of God and the word of God. There is an abundance of deception in the world. Don't be deceived by lying spirits that will give you false hope. And that's just verse one. <laughs> Let's look at verse two and three. By this, you know that the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. The spirit of Antichrist is here. Jehovah's Witnesses, they operate in the spirit of Antichrist. We know that the spirit of God, how do we know it's the spirit of God? Because the spirit of God will always exalt Jesus. If, if any spirit of prophet does not confess the humanity of Jesus or the deity of Jesus and the deity of Jesus, excuse me, if they are not of God. Jesus is, John is defending Jesus' humanity. Jesus was 100% human and he's 100% God. Christ must be exalted in everything. Acknowledging Christ's humanity is what we believe, is how we believe in Christ. We cannot accept half of who Christ is, but we must believe in the real Christ. You must believe Christ's divinity and his humanity. His humanity and his divinity are necessary for our salvation. So if you deny one, you don't have salvation. He is the God-man, <laughs> Do you hear me? He is God manifested in the flesh. Whenever I deal with Jehovah's Witnesses, they are afraid of me. And they, and because I get on Jesus and I don't get off of him. They deny his deity. Every religion will deny the deity of Jesus. And some will deny his humanity. Let's look at verse four. Remember, we're still talking about living in love. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. John is reminding them, first he calls them little children, which speaks of their um, spiritual maturity. He, he says, don't think that you're spiritually mature because you have been saved a long time. That some people have been saved longer than I've been alive doesn't mean they're spiritually mature. Spiritual maturity is based on knowing God and loving people and your obedience to his word. He reminds them, little children, that the greater one lives on the inside of them. He's greater than any false prophet. He's greater than any antichrist. We're not to be afraid of voodoo worshipers, of voodoo, those who practice voodoo, those who worship dem demons. I, I never forget uh, this young boy, I was, me and Brad was preaching in a youth facility and, and he was a demon worshiper. And everybody was scared of him. I said, I'm not scared of you. I got the greater one. And the young boy got saved, got born again, ripped up the demonic Bible the, um, and, and that little sign and ripped it up. The other day, actually last night, we, um, 
This house, if you, if you believe in curses, this house is cursed that is right across the street from our house. And it's, I, from the time that we've been there to, to present, it's like the devil brings people that sell drugs in, in this house. And so one guy was out there smoking weed and, and I, I came this close to going out and, and, and just ripping him. And I said, let me call myself. I'm going to get a charge. And I just like, like, we can't be afraid of the devil and to go get people free. And, and, and we got to realize we got the greater one on the inside of us. He lives on the inside of us. And so we're not to be afraid of false preachers and false prophets and, and not let anybody lay hands on you. Um, the other day I went to, um, I can't say much, but anyway, but yeah. So it's just, you, you, there's certain things I just do not participate. If there's songs that are unbiblical, I don't sing them. I don't care if everybody in the world is singing them. Amen. If there's something going on in a service, I, I just, and if I don't, if not participating, the thing that I do, my little secret is I pray in tongues under my breath. At least I didn't waste any time. <laughs> so, so if they're up there preaching doubt and unbelief or doing things that are unscriptural and not by the spirit of God, I pray in the spirit. At least I got an hour and a half in praying. Amen. And that's the way I look at it. Because there's some crazy stuff that goes on in churches and we need to guard ourselves and not be afraid of the devil. And if somebody goes to lay hands on you and you're not comfortable, I dare you and I charge you and empower you not to allow them to lay their hands on you. Walk away. Say, no, no, thank you. And they go and give you a prophetic word. No, don't do courtesy drops. Don't fall out because people want you to fall down. Amen. We don't yield to um, these false spirits. Now, we're telling you, now, if it's the spirit of God, yield to him. But if it's not, don't. So the scripture tells us um, it's the greater one on the inside of us. He's greater than any false prophets or antichrist. We're from God because we acknowledge the son of God, both in his humanity and his deity. Praise God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of us. Amen. Okay, let's go to verse five and six. It says this. They are from God. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. And we are from God. Who, whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because we acknowledge the lordship of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, the deity of Jesus, we are from God. And anybody who receives that message is from God. Anybody who comes against that message is not from God. The people who deny the Christ of the Bible are from the world and the world hears them. But we are from God and those who God has done a work of grace in their hearts, hear us. If anyone rejects our message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not from God. It is by this that we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Anytime something tries to get you off of Jesus, that's the spirit of error. Amen. Reject it. I don't care what gifts and what grace. There's people who can out preach me in circles and got more gifts than I do. But if they get away from Jesus, I stop fellowshipping with them. Amen. I don't participate in everything that says this grace and this mercy and is God. And yet it denies the power of God in a Christian's life. Deny that message. Amen. There's some books. I'll never forget this. Courtney was doing a study and um, this great man, he was used of God, was very instrumental in my life growing up. I met him. I didn't meet him, but I, I, I experienced his ministry as a teenager. Never got a chance to meet him before he died. And he, before he died, he wrote a book 
and Courtney was doing a study because she was preparing to teach here. And I, I said, well, I have this book. She, she, she never read the book and she felt it. And she says, pit of hell and threw it across the room. And, and but in that book, I couldn't get past the first chapter because it was full of error. And this is somebody who used to be in the way and now, now have denied the way and start preaching another gospel. I'm telling you, you got to be mindful of what you're taking in. Don't go to everybody's service. Don't go to every, every YouTube channel. I don't look at everything that comes my way. Some books, I, I, some books I throw away. There are things that you can get inside of you that can take a lifetime to get out. So just be careful. I, I'm very careful what music I listen to. I'm going to be very honest and transparent. And, and, and it go, if, it go, if it goes viral, it goes viral. Um, Beyonce, that lattice, the, the last project is demonic. I was on the airport, or airplane trying to listen to it, and I said, I got to get this off of my, my phone. This is demonic. It's demonic influence. And there's something that happens when I come in contact with Jehovah's Witnesses and falseness. There, there's something that happens to me physically. And as I'm listening to it, I said, I like this little tune, Break My Soul, but it's breaking my soul. <laughs> so I can't listen to it. And, and, and if you got offended, get offended. Get, get over it. Because this is a new day today. I mean, God is calling us for holiness and he's calling us to righteousness. And I'm not going to entertain just because it's somebody's idol that we should listen to. If the whole world goes to hell, we're not going. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. So there's a time that we got to be bold. And it's, it's not okay. It's not okay for Christians to, to engage in this. It's not okay for Christians to do marijuana. Why am I talking about this? It's not okay. It's not okay to be shacking up and living together and you're not married. It's not okay to, 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 to endorse same-sex marriages. It's not okay. It is sin. It's sin. Either we believe this thing or not. It's not okay to just stay home and not come to church on a regular basis and honor God with your money and your body and your life. God is concerned about whether you get tatted or not. I don't know where that's coming from, but you get the spirit behind it. Amen. And so we, we, we must deny the spirit that's at world. There is a spirit in the world that wants to destroy the believer. Amen? Wants to destroy our children. It's not okay to give our kids over to these devices. I'm constantly, Cleveland is preparing a message now called Living in the Digital Babylon. And it's just something about when we give ourselves over to these devices and our children and let these devices raise our children in a way that they cannot go. I mean, something's wrong with us. We're so busy that we don't pay attention to the little ones that he's given us. Denying the lordship of Jesus, denying his deity, denying his love, spirit of truth and spirit of error. If you're too busy for your kids, you're too busy. If you're too busy for your kids, you're too busy. God is more concerned about your children being raised in the faith than your comfortable life. He'd much rather you get a job making minimum wage and living in the hood to raise godly children in the faith than living on a, in a mansion. He wants your children to be godly. And it's the hope of the church. And this is prophetic. Apostle John is talking about knowing God through Christ. As a result of knowing the real Christ, the incarnate, incarnate God, both human and divine, as we walk in love. Let's look at verse 7. Beloved. The word beloved is not just a Christian rapper, beloved. It, it, it's, it's an endearment. He's saying, be loved. You are loved by God. In other words, be loved. Receive this love. How I many know you got to receive God's love? 
It's not enough to just have a knowledge of God's love, but you got to receive his love. Be loved. Sometimes people are, they want to be hurt. <laughs> they want to, they reject his love. They, they love the feelings of rejection. I, I was rejected as a, as a baby. Uh, before I came out of my mother's womb, some dumb pastor had my mom get up in front of the church and apologize for getting pregnant when he was sleeping around with multiple women in the church. And so that spirit of rejection attached itself to me before I came out. The Bible tells us to be loved. We got to receive love. We got to receive it. Don't reject God's love. You know, you get your little feelings hurt. How many got your feelings hurt before? Come on, be honest. All right, at that time, I received the love of God. I received his love. Yeah, what they said to me hurt me. What they did hurt me. I received his love. The scripture says, be loved. Pass. Be loved. Be loved. Come on, just be loved. Can you, you know, allow God to love you. And then when he sends people to love you, receive that love. When he sends your children to love you, he sends your spouse to love you. He sends believers to love you. Receive that love. Be loved. There's no need for us to not be loved. You get your feelings hurt. Just be loved at that moment. I receive that love. Oh, God, I receive the love. Yes, that hurts, but I receive the love of God. I receive that love. Despite the fact that there were things trying to attach itself to me as a kid, I have learned to grow to receive the love that he has for me. Amen? It says, let us love one another. So only in the place of being loved that you can love one another. So some people don't know how to love because they don't have been, haven't received the love. <laughs> so how can you love somebody you don't? The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, you can't love God unless he loves you first. We love God because he first loved us. And so as a result of his love for us and towards us, we love him back and we, love, we receive love for ourselves. Love, your, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let's go over there, Matthew 22. I'm almost finished, and we'll do part two next week. Matthew 22, Matthew 22. <clears throat> is, this, is, is, is this okay? If it, even if it's not, it's okay. Matthew 22, let's go there. Matthew 22. Matthew 22, and let's look at this. Verse 34, because when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And that's the problem with believers, right? Some of us don't love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls with all of our minds. Sometimes we love people more than we love God. And so here we see that God wants it all. He wants it all. Everybody say, God wants it all. He wants all of you. He wants more than your money. He wants more than your Sunday mornings. He wants more than your 15-minute devotions. He wants all of you. Amen. Amen. This is what this is talking about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So some of us practice of giving part, part of our hearts to the Lord. 
We practice giving our hearts to somebody else and they disappoint us. But love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with love with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. So self-care, self-help, self-love is not evil when it's done properly. When you love God because he first loved you, you receive his love, believe his love, then you love him back and you're able to love yourself properly. What happens is we, we try to love people without loving God first. And we try to love ourselves before we receive his love and love him back. So when you love God first and foremost, because, he, because you get an understanding of his love for you, you can love him back. The reason why he loved us is so that we can love him back. That's what this thing is about. This, this is, the, the Christianity is all about the, fam, the father and his family. He's just one of kids. Like Jesus. <laughs> That's all he want, ever wanted from the garden from the get-go is he wanted a bunch of kids. Sound like Petey. He wanted a bunch of kids so he could love them. That's all that God the Father wanted. And he says, I want all the other kids to be just like Jesus because me and Jesus have perfect, unhindered, uninterrupted fellowship. And that's what he wanted. And so he says, we love God because we, he first loved us. So we receive his love, believe his love, and we love him back. And in the midst of it, we're able to love ourselves properly. Amen. You cannot love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. You cannot love your spouse if you don't love yourself. No man ever hated himself and tried to take care of somebody else. You only can, the, 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 the amount of love that you understand of the love of God and, your, and the love that he has for you and the love for him is the amount of the love you can love people. You cannot separate that. Love God first. First, you receive his love and you love him back. You love yourself in the midst of it. And because you love yourself, you have a healthy self-love, you can love your neighbor. Amen. You only can love your neighbor as yourself if you love yourself. And the only way you can love yourself biblically is if you receive love and love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. Amen. That's enough to go home on. Come on, minutes. Amen. Let's go back. First John. Living in love. Thank you, Jesus. Living in love. Uh, the Bible tells us to, to speak the truth in love. Sometimes it's not always easy to tell the truth with somebody. But what happens is a lot, of, a lot of our actions are really selfish, self-centered, because we won't tell people the truth because we want them to like us. Or the image that we portray to them, we try, we try to keep up that image. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Or is it just me who has been guilty many a times? That you, you don't tell the truth to a person because of the image of this nice person or this loving person or this non-judgmental person that you presented to them and you got to keep up that image. So some, really, what really, what it really is that we love the image more than we love the people. We want to keep that image before their sight, so we're not going to challenge them. We're not going to call them on the carpet. We're not going to, you know, I never forget, I had this Bible study at Enterprise um, every Thursday night to this young man. He would come, and I was at, the, at Enterprise at the airport, and I would have Bible study with him, and he, he, wanted, to get, he wanted to get saved. He wanted to learn, learn about Christianity, and so what I did is uh, he, we would go through scriptures, 
And he said, PD, because he called me PD because he heard somebody else call it. And he's like, you mean to tell me? No, he called me Brother Dwayne. He said, Brother Dwayne, you mean to tell me if I get saved, I can't have sex no more? Not outside of marriage. Man, there's no hope for me. <laughs> and, and some people are afraid to talk about that. Yeah, I, but I didn't focus on not having sex. I'm focused on trying to get him into Christ. I said, when you get born again, you're going to want to do wrong. And, and, and that was something about, and to this day, um, he's not born again, but to this day, we're still in communication. So there's a door open. He knows that he can get the truth. And, and, and we, we just have to be bold with, and not, don't go around and say, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. You, you know, it's not, that's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching that you got to be bold enough to tell people the truth, even if they don't want to hear it. So I'm willing to risk our relationship even, I mean, I'm, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If it means that we are no longer in relationship or in fellowship, it's okay. At least I told you the truth. Amen. Let's, let's continue. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God, is love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. My last verse. And anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. <clears throat> Love by God. Let us love one another. Let's start right here. How do we love one another? What are some ways in which we love one another? Living in love. You speak the truth in love. You listen to one another. That's how you live in love. How many of us do we really listen to each other? Do we think about what we're going to say while the person is talking? Listening to one another. Praying for one another. Do we really pray for one another? Really take time and pray and go before the Lord on the, on the basis of our brothers, our sisters, our spouse, our children, really take our time like it's our own self. The next one is carrying each other's burdens, being willing to suffer with one another and cry with one another and, and listen to another. When somebody dies in a, in a, in a friend of mine, if their family dies, I, I, I listen. Uh, recently, my best friend in Colorado, I mean, in Arizona, he used to live in Colorado, his, his wife um, was diagnosed with a brain tumor and, and he was going through and there's times that we were on the phone, we both crying, we both grown, got kids, got a house and we both crying like little babies. <laughs> and that's what you got to do with one another. You carry each other's burdens. Meeting each other's needs. And when somebody has a need, you go out of your way to meet their needs. You know, you find out something is wrong, and, 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 and you meet a need. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not giving all the details of this, but my wife and I had a situation with a loved one, and they had a significant financial need, and we were planning on using that finances for something else, and it was not anything to think of, let's meet that need. That's love, right? And then, last but not least, correcting one another. Being willing to, to talk to one another. It took me Years and years of marriage to realize that my wife was not my enemy. <laughs> Even though that's a temptation to think about sometimes. You, you don't love me. <laughs> but realize whatever she's saying to me is, 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 is really for my benefit. And I, I, our number one fights have been over um, food and um, eating and dieting. And I'm like I, like, I just, I believe in eating anything that I want to eat and not just diet. But she's always just. I mean, just always been on this journey. And I'm like, when we were skinny, we were on a journey. It didn't help us. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's been like a long time journey uh, of meatless dinners and Dr. Sabi and all this stuff, which I thought was a cult leader at the time. I'm like, he's a cult leader. He's the Antichrist. You know, the source of all diseases is in mucus and, and, and you're not supposed to drink milk. And so she got delivered from Dr. Sabi, and then I got onto Dr. Sabi. I said, well, Dr. Sabi says. <laughs> so it's been a long journey of eating and not eating and, and fasting. And I was like, I'm going on a 40-day fast. You didn't get my permission. I don't need your permission to go fast in 40 days. I just need you to understand I'm going after God. That she finally got the revelation of that. She said, you going to fast 40 days? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so it's been an ongoing battle of this food, this food devil. Um, and so one day I got a revelation that the reason why she doesn't want me to eat certain food, and I'm, I grew up with the lady with the salt with, she had an umbrella and she was like, you know, walking and salt was falling. She said, that's horrible salt. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? And then she brought pink salt into my life. And I'm like, I hate pink salt. And then it took her seven years to get me from 2% milk to fat free. Then, then I got on organic fat free and then she wanted to slip 1% on me. And I'm like, no, you cannot do this. This is a sin before God. You cannot go from fat free to 1%. It's too thick. And so we fought over that. But anyway, I got the revelation to say that the whole reason why she was after eating right before the kids and now with the kids is that she loved me. She wants me around longer. So I got the revelation after many years and many battles. <laughs> and the, one day the Lord just showed me, she's, she wants me to live long. If she wanted to kill me, she was just fried chicken. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I got the revelation. It took me a little bit. And she made a vow to the Lord. And to me, I will never fry chicken for you. And I'm like, girl, you can cook. You're from South Carolina. You got to fry chicken every Sunday. She said, you're not going to be a fat preacher, which I am now, but you're not going to be a fat preacher. And so it took, um, I think Trey came over, the former musician. He came over. He's like, I want some chicken. And she fried him chicken. I'm like, what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I got the revelation. She really loving me by taking that. So here's my take, couple takeaways. All right. Um, living in love. I'm just going to give you two or three of them, and then we'll do the rest next week. Living in love. First thing you got to do is receive and believe his love. Receive and believe his You got to really believe that God loves you. You got to believe that. And when you mess up, which you will, when you sin this week, which you will, <laughs> this week, you're gonna, before the, day, the end of the day, you're probably going to see something, whether it's um, <laughs> raising Cain, conviction. I love it, by the way. Raising Cain, you know, just like, oh, Jesus, I'm supposed to be fasting from TV, too. <laughs> Um, forgive me, Lord. I believe you, I receive your love. <laughs> and so you have to come to a place that when you mess up, okay, God, I confess my sins. You're faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from my righteousness. Forgiveness is not automatic. It's a condition to it. You got to confess up. Proverbs 13 says, confess and forsake and you obtain mercy. So you got to repent from that sin and confess it. There's a power in confessing it. When you confess it, it removes its sting from your life. You remove the sting of the power of that sin in your life. Confession is good for the soul. You confess to one another, James chapter 5. So when you confess, he's faithful and just to forgive you. 
So you receive that forgiveness. Now, don't wallow in it when you sin and mess up. Oh, I'm just so horrible. And you keep thinking about the thing that you did wrong. Oh, I did wrong. You're saying the blood of Jesus is not enough. You said the first time you confessed it was not enough for God to forgive you. You got to believe that thing at the very moment. Thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. Even if you don't feel like you're forgiven, you get up from that floor and you act like you're forgiven. God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you love me with an everlasting love. That when you look at your hands, I'm carved in the, the palm of your hand. That you see me every time, Lord. You have my, you all, I'm always on your mind. Even though I'm struggling to get, get, keep you on my mind, I'm always on your mind. You love me. I thank you, Father, that nothing can separate me from this love. No death, no pestilence, no violence, no, no, no molestation. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, hunger and, and, and being robbed, and, and nothing can separate me from the love of God. The things that I've done, the things I've thought about doing, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Our death cannot separate me from the love of God. Come on. Life can't separate me from the love of God. Trials and tribulation can't separate me from the love of God. His love is unstoppable. I can, ex- I, I, I can have faith that his love is going to be there tomorrow. Even if he's mad at me, he still loves me. Come on, come on. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. I'm telling you, his love is, is powerful. And it's the very thing that saved us. It's the very thing that is keeping us. And it's the very thing that's going to take us into eternity. His love. And that's what you got to do for your children. You got to love them and let them know whether you you decide to walk with Jesus or not. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to let you go. (laughs) And just like the father has never let me go, I'm not going to let you go. You know, the thing about it is not so much us holding on to God. He's holding up to us. And because he's holding up to us, I hold on to him. Amen. Amen. I just preach myself happy. Glory to God. So every day you got to receive. I just gave you one point. You come back next week for the other. Uh, Every day, receive his love and believe it. I receive your love, Father. Be loved. I am loved of God. I am the loved of God. When he thinks about me, he loves me. Oh, God, you have eyes for me, God. Your eyes are all on me. And your your ears are open to my prayers. And when I pray, I thank you, Lord, that you always hear me when I pray. And even when I don't get the answer I want, you still love me. Glory to God. When things don't go right, you still love me. Thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate. Unanswered prayers can't separate me from the love of God. Me going through this trial can't separate me from the love of God. It doesn't mean that you don't love me because I'm going through. I can keep it, keep my head up. Keep on understanding that you keep loving me. Come on, let me lead you into this confession. Say, Father God, I thank you that you love me. With an everlasting love, unstoppable love. Your love doesn't change. This world is constantly changing, but your love is the constant in my life. I receive your love. I believe it, and I walk in it. I live in your love. In Jesus' name, give God some praise. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. His love is everlasting in light of living in his love. Thank you, Lord. So every Sunday that we do this, we are reminding ourselves of the love of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
living in love. Amen. I'm going to live in love. You're going to live in love. Amen. We're going to stay and remain in that love of God. His love is everlasting. It doesn't change. His love doesn't change. I'm so grateful for that. You know, people, people are funny. <laughs> they love you today and hate you tomorrow. <laughs> but his love remains the same. Amen. He just, he's their love just doesn't, his love is always there. And when you're feeling lonely and you're feeling down and out, just reflect upon who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.